All right, we're live. So uh, welcome to the latest edition of the Green Minds Think Alike podcast. Uh, Today, I'm very fortunate to have my sustainability director in my hometown, Orlando, Florida, uh, Chris Castro. Uh, Chris is uh, once termed by the mayor of Orlando, Buddy Dyer, the jackrabbit of sustainability. Um, I don't know if that does you quite justice, Chris, but you know, you do amazing amount of things, you know, globally, nationally, here at home, you know, and I'm, I'm glad to have you uh, as the sustainability director for the, for the city in which I live, I, I mentioned. So thanks for joining me on the podcast. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure, Chris. Thanks for the invite. I've been a big fan of the podcast, and I know it's been a long time coming of us getting together and sharing the story, so... Yeah, so if you could just give a quick a, a quick introduction to how you, how you sort of ended up in your position, um, your quick background, um, and then we'll kind of jump into it from there. Cool. Well, yeah, my, my background actually is a bit unconventional, although I don't know if there is a conventional route to get into sustainability, but originally from Miami, Florida, I'm a second-generation Cuban-American and still really deeply rooted in my Cuban heritage. Um, and, you know, when I was growing up, I was fortunate that my parents were really, um, they, they were really interested in, in getting us outdoors and getting us active. We would go down to the Florida Keys a lot and do some, you know, snorkeling and scuba diving. They would take us up and down the coast of Florida and, you know, we would do a beach trip every year and surf. And, and uh, ultimately that, that really had a profound impact, I think, on, on myself and what made me happy when I was thinking back to that. Um, and so I ended up getting a full ride to UCF in 2006 and I'm close to the breaks that I had been going to with my parents to go out and surf and so I figured hey at least I'm going to be close to really good surf I don't know what I'm going to study and I was actually undeclared getting into UCF had no idea what my degree was going to be but I knew I knew that there was something here in Orlando that that uh, really could make my future career and I, I had a feeling uh, and then, you know, shortly into my first year or so at UCF, I took an intro to environmental science and policy course with an incredible woman. Her name's Dr. Penelope Canan. And still to this day, Dr. Canan is a dear friend and mentor. And she was truly the kind of the catalyst for me to start to open my mind around how I could contribute towards a, a better and more sustainable future. And out of her class, I got so empowered, I ended up you know, getting a group of my friends together uh, and, and basically saying, hey, we got to do something about this. Let's create a student organization that focuses on accelerating environmental action and sustainability solutions on campus and in the community. That became Ideas for Us. And it was the first chapter uh, of that organization. And little by little, it started to blossom and grow uh, to other communities and other uh, campuses and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, right when I was, you know, graduated at UCF, I ended up getting a, a job at the University of Central Florida to help lead their sustainability outreach efforts, which is really cool. We were doing kind of dorm room energy challenges called Kilowatt. We were establishing recycling in the dorms and tailgates and, you know, doing those little projects. And, and then I got an opportunity to get hired by Orange County. Uh, I was working with them on deploying their Recovery Act funding at the time, the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Block Grant funding. So I remember Tarzan Frazier. I don't know if you remember. Oh, Tarzan yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where we kind of got to know each other. Tarzan yeah. passed away. since passed. So, so the great Tarzan Frazier um, had me going around to different county facilities doing ASHRAE Level 2s and doing energy benchmarks and identifying what buildings we should be deploying this capital and retrofitting. 
And that gave me some really good experience to the point to where I was crazy enough to say, let me start a company that helps commercial buildings, private buildings, go through the same process, right? Uncover ways to save money and save energy, improve the planet. And so I launched a company called Citizen Energy and uh, was leading that company for a number of years up until uh, Mayor Dyer, I get a contact from Mayor Dyer in his office saying, hey, Mayor's interested in, in meeting with you about the city energy project, I guess this new grant that they had received and we're looking to bring on uh, a city advisor to help you know, launch that effort. And you know, I ended up leaving my company, taking a step back from it and going head on to the city of Orlando for a two year consulting gig and, and the rest this history. I've been here now for seven years, uh, leading our Office of Sustainability and Resilience, and it's been quite an amazing, amazing journey. So I have a bit of an entrepreneurial background, the way I kind of got here and starting nonprofits and small, you know, startups that little by little has kind of grown into having a good, comprehensive understanding of what it takes to drive forward urban sustainability. So, you, you know, like you said, you, you're doing so much and you're entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit what what has sort of kept you anchored to Orlando I always have this fear that you're gonna you're gonna go somewhere you know one way or the other and can you maybe talk about that a little bit and then the context of why Orlando you know what is it about Orlando having come from South Florida that uh, makes it of interest to you and and why it's so unique in in what you'll be able to do there these are fantastic questions I mean I think for me, when I was coming up from Orlando, I remember just the first month or two being here, I felt the the vibe, I felt the, the speed of the city was a, a lot more malleable, shapeable. It was an adolescent compared to coming from Miami, where I felt it was a lot more mature of an elder, so to speak, right? Uh-huh. And so in this life spectrum of a city, I felt we were like a teenager still trying to figure out what I wanted to study in college type of thing if I was Orlando. And so to me, that screamed to me opportunity. It said, you have an ability of shaping the future of how our city uh, develops. And I don't think you get that same feeling when you're in some of these more established communities like a Miami, like an Atlanta, like a New York or a DC or LA. I mean, these are massive cities. They're, they're a lot more mature. And Orlando's kind of this shapeable, malleable city. The other interesting thing is, and I felt this vibe, Orlando has been in the shadows of the theme parks for the decades, right? And everybody who hears the, you know, the name Orlando, they, they immediately know you're talking about Harry Potter land, you're talking about the mouse, right. etc. And being in this shadow, what I've re- come to realize is all of the institutions that make up Orlando are all trying to figure out what our future holds for us. And how can we work together to write a different future than people know us by, mm-hmm. right? And that form of uh, camaraderie, almost that form of community that I that I witnessed from our utility to the airport, to our peer cities, to the transit authority, to the universities. I mean, everybody's trying to say Orlando hasn't even yet written what our next chapter is going to be. And we have an ability of really making it a world-class city for everyone to live, work, learn, and play and that, to me, is, is just, um, you know, contributing to that future, I feel, is, is just so meaningful. Um, the other interesting thing about Orlando is we're one of the fastest-growing cities in the country. We have between 1,000 and 1,500 people moving to the Central Florida, Orlando MSA region every week. And that has installed even during COVID. We've mm. continued at that rate of 1,000 to 1,500 people. And on top of that, pre-COVID, we were the most visited city in America for a number of years straight. 
I mean, in 2019, we had 75 million people. When you start to, you know, divide up those numbers, it's about 200,000 people a day that are coming to play in our region, let alone the people who live, work, and learn here. So you're like, my goodness, you have an entire city moving to your community every day to have fun, use our infrastructure, use our water, create waste challenges, and then they get to go back onto a plane and they're out of sight, out of mind. And we have to deal with the unintended consequences of that type of an economy. Don't get me wrong, we're a big fan of the tourism economy, and without it, we would not be where we are today. Uh, But we also have to realize that in order to sustain that type of an economy, we have to think very different about meeting the needs of urban challenges today. What do we do about congestion? How do we meet our future energy demands and water supply needs? I mean, these are all real, uh, real challenging parts of our job as sustainability directors that we have to think about every day. So although it's a challenge for me, I, I always love the concept that the Chinese symbol for crisis is two words, danger and opportunity. I always I love that concept because yes, we're in immediate danger like we are with the pandemic right now to go the wrong way, right? To continue in this unsustainable path. But there's this unprecedented opportunity to pivot, especially now in a, in a direction that is more equitable, that is focused on health and wellness and it's focused on sustainability uh, of the planet for the long term. And I think that's where you know Orlando's future is, is starting ahead in that direction. I think one other thing is the leadership of Mayor Dyer. Uh, you know, um, I I believe you're w- within the mayor's office. Is that correct? And can you maybe kind of. yeah? And well, if you could sort of explain that, and then if you could kind of talk about how having a mayor that's really helping to push your agenda, the pluses and minuses of of, of that. Um, you know, I always wonder what it would feel like to have you know to be uh, in your position for for a mayor that that is so out there and pushing Orlando to be the greenest city in the Southeast. Listen, I would not be, I would not have taken the opportunity had it not been for that meeting when I sat down with Mayor Dyer and how genuine he was about this being a priority for him and for our city. The fact that he broke it down into the triple bottom line, I mean, his direct quote was, Chris, I want you to help me make Orlando the most environmentally friendly, socially equitable and inclusive an economically vibrant city in America. That was his charge to me. It was like, okay, he gets the triple bottom line, people, planet, prosperity. He understands the opportunity. He brought up the climate crisis. I mean, it's very rare that you, to your point, that you have an elected official uh, who not only uh, gets it, but is willing to be the tip of the spear, that's willing to put his neck out, uh, and sometimes in political and sensitive situations, to do the right thing. And so no doubt about it, Mayor Dyer and being the mayor since 2003 and having that long-term continuity has its benefits, right? Because you have this agenda that has woven since 2007 when he launched Greenworks to now, it's still at at the top of the list of things. uh, And now we're starting to see the fruits of some of those labors, you know, um, coming forward and and yielding. Um, So, you know, I, I will say that it's been fascinating to work alongside Mayor Dyer, and he has given me kind of carte blanche to say, Chris, we want to continue to be on the bleeding edge. When Mayor first launched Greenworks, it was in the mayor's office. It was an initiative of Mayor Dyer, and it was focused on being institutional, both internal, but also external. You know, how do we create this culture of sustainability around the city? And a few years ago in 2018, one thing that I was concerned about is if mayor does not run again for re-election, 
what happens when a new mayor comes in and maybe changes their priority right. after this decade of action what's going to happen and so we started the, the the planting the seeds in transitioning greenworks from an initiative of the mayor to a, a full-fledged office of sustainability and resilience now this office is is a permanent office within the institution of the city of orlando regardless of leadership it is situated in the executive offices department what we call exo so the department of executive offices which includes the office of the mayor the office of the chief administrator the office of the city attorney well we're also in that exo department and so we have this office of sustainability and resilience that's still situated at a at a top level like a leadership level so when i'm engaging public works or i'm engaging economic development or the planning and permitting team we're coming at it from a mayor and executive leadership perspective and that has helped to really create a culture across the institution to where now we're acting as kind of this in-house consulting firm helping streets and stormwater solid waste planning permitting police fire we're helping all of those departments and divisions to incorporate sustainability and resilience strategies as part of their day-to-day operations so that we're reducing costs we're minimizing impacts on the environment we're making our city more resilient to already existing climate changes coming you know and we're improving public health all at the same time it's across the board uh, we're here to provide additional technical assistance sometimes even funding to help those departments move along the right path right and then mayor said it's not just enough to do that internally chris you all have to do that same work to all of our institutions externally. You have to consult for OUC. You have to help links with EV buses. You have to help universities and Valencia College create new degrees, the airport with their renewables. I mean, we're out there in and out being these free consultants for our, you know, for our city. And, and that's why I love it. And now we've grown the office to you know, a total of about 12 on payroll. Yeah, you got it. started as one. Now, now we got a team. Got right? amazing staff, but a lot to do. I And also one thing I just remember is that you guys brought on a a new equity director or i don't know the exact term but could you kind of talk about how um that position was able to be brought on yeah so in 2018 when we were updating the greenworks uh, strategic plan we ensured that equity was uh, a theme that that was woven across all of the greenworks priority areas for the mayor His priority areas are things like clean energy, green buildings, local food, zero waste, alternative transportation. And what we wanted to do is make sure that equity was something that across those themes, we were ensuring that we were driving forward. And um, and so we started to do internal staff training around equity as early as 2018. We tapped into the USDN Foundations for Equity Training, and I started training my own staff on that. And then... We proposed to the mayor that we join GARE, the Government Alliance on Race and Equity, and that we hire an equity official or a chief equity officer. And this last fiscal year, the one that we're currently in, uh, mayor approved that position, and we just hired on in January. Her name is Mershon Green. She's the city's first equity official. And just like we're an in-house consulting firm to help create this culture of sustainability, she's the exact same scope but focused on equity, diversity, and inclusion. And at the end of the day, those two are two peas in a pod, right? Like her and I literally every day are back and forth working together on different strategies because it's it's one and the same, right? To achieve the sustainability vision we have for Orlando, we must achieve equity at the same time, right? Yeah. It needs to be sustainable for all or else we haven't achieved our goals. So 
Um, we're doing things like addressing energy burdens and certainly housing affordability and ensuring green standards for those. And we're talking about food insecurity and food deserts and turning vacant city lands now over to urban agriculture to meet that load. We're talking about, um, you know, getting people uh, supportive housing and, and getting out of, you know, getting into services to get them off of the streets from homelessness. Um, so all of those cross over the social sustainability aspect of Greenworks. And now having a full-time position in equity is just going to help us to accelerate that and more so center every single time we move forward something in the office. Well, I know you've, you've got to run. The jackrabbit is always on the run. But if, if you could finish up, you know, really quick, maybe a two-parter here, you know, what sort of advice would you give someone coming up new into the profession and maybe something over, over time, your experience that you sort of change your mind or, you know, realized is, is a little bit different as, as you've run through your experiences in your position. So as you're coming up in this profession, one thing to realize is that we must not reinvent wheels. We don't have the time to do that. And there are some incredible peer networks for cities out there, like the Urban Sustainability Directors Network, Southeast Sustainability Directors Network, Florida Sustainability Directors Network, ICLE, Climate Challenge, or 100 cities. Find your tribe. Make sure to tap into that wealth of knowledge because more often than not, we've thought through it. There's been some type of briefing sheet or a presentation or policy passed, and that will help accelerate your work so much more. And so make sure to, to tap into those uh, peer networks for cities. And then one thing that kind of, you know, has been an epiphany for me, I would say, is how, you know, I often look towards nature for inspiration. Like, I'm a big fan of biomimicry and, mm -hmm. and how we can, you know, use nature as, as, a, as a way to guide our development and our progress uh, for humanity. And one of those uh, concepts that I know is, is, is true, truly found in nature is around biodiversity. The, the, the more biologically diverse an ecosystem, the stronger the healthier, the more resilient that ecosystem is. And as we go on in our profession, um, establishing a culture of collaboration and partnerships across uh, city boundaries, across our various partnerships uh, or our partner institutions is exactly the way that we are going to move our communities in the right direction. It'll make us more resilient. We've seen that through COVID. It's gonna allow us to strengthen our ability to accelerate this work on time. And so take inspiration from nature, especially that concept of biodiversity. Let's apply it to our work in the city and in county governments where we can establish those strong partnerships across uh, those institutions, public, private, independent sector, even down to our residents and making sure that that's a part of our ethos and, and how we do our business. Well, thanks so much, Chris. I really appreciate you know your leadership in this area. I know that Orlando can't thank you enough for what you're doing, and you're continuing doing great things. So I know you and I will be in touch. But uh, thanks again. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure, Chris. Thanks for your good work as well, buddy. All right, take care. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. Congrats again. Thanks. All right. Bye.